Chad? What episode is this, Chad? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you saw our episode last week with Luba. This week, yeah. we're going to introduce you to a young fella. If you've seen our website, blackguards.com, the latest round of, of promo shots that we've had done yeah. is by a young fella, a Houstonian named The Mighty Orc. And if you go to tmophotography.com, The Mighty Orc uh, Photography, he is... Uh, he has taken some shots, and I don't mean <laughs> TKO uh, shots he, across the poor bow. Yeah, he, yeah. Very, very skilled at portrait photography, in particular. I think. Yeah, we were we were rather amazed at his uh, his uh, I guess skill level with that with that bloody camera. That, that yeah. was incredible. Yeah. Look at you dressed for the occasion. Oh, uh-huh. e- Eric, you're muted. <laughs> Eric, you're muted. Fuck! Not muted. Yeah, baby. Yeah, let's go to this. This is episode number 166. 666, baby. Yep. I can't I cannot count, nor can I can I can I take direction. We are here with the mighty orc! At long last. Holy fuck. Hello. <laughs> Good to see you, young fella. Hey, man. Good to see you, too. What an absolute delight and an honor to be on the Slapper Cast, boys. Shoot. I like that shirt. Yes, I like that hey, shirt. Man. I, fe- You know what? I, I, I found this, uh, yeah, I guess maybe about three or four years ago now at, uh, and, uh, I, at a thrift store in Bastrop. And then I refound it again like two days ago in my closet, and I was like, mm, I know what I'm wearing for the slapper cast. It was in a thrift store at a best job. That's and that's crazy. all he's wearing, ladies. That's the only thing he's wearing. So please that's do correct. not stand up because we do. don't. Yeah, on the hat. Okay. okay. You, know, you know you arrive and you find your, your band T-shirts, your own band T-shirts in a thrift store or your own band records in a used CD store. You know you've, you've made it. I just remember. I remember finding one of my my first CD that I, that I made like under my own name, as a little solo acoustic deal, and I remember finding it like uh, at half price books, like six months after it came out for a dollar, and I was like, I, I should have bought it. <laughs> <laughs> you really can't, you know. And the the half price books I found. Um, there was, and I can't mention their names because I fucking hate them, and I don't want to give them any daylight whatsoever. But it was a band that we that we had played with a few times, and I found their I found their whole entire catalog. Like anybody that bought that record, brought it back, and they brought it into the thing. And it was they, they, there was like a rubber band around all of them. It was like, please, you know, just just take them, just take them. Very very, very heartwarming to see. Of course, we didn't have a record out at that time, so I was I, I was safe. I was safe. But is that your vinyl collection I see behind you, Ark? Uh, p- yes, part of it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nice. Got a few here, got a few over here, and uh, it kind of keeps getting bigger, which is wonderful. Cool. That's what she I said. Some, I need some blackguard vinyl. Yeah. Oh, we can. <laughs> I can hook you up. Yeah. Yeah. Let Let, let me ask you this. Let's uh, um, Let's uh, g- give me. Uh, so, for those who don't know, and uh, and, and we're going to mute your mic for this part, or because I know that you would that you would probably say something derogatory or not agree with me, and I am infallible. You know that. Um, I would put you down as. Easily one of the top guitar players in Houston, and and I and, and I'm not saying that I, I don't say that with, with with any hesitation. I think that you're one of the greatest 
uh, performers, guitar players, vocalists. Uh, it's just, it's a sin that you're not where, you know, people like, you know, uh, Billy F. Gibbons and people like that. You, you're just, yeah. you're, so, and for those who don't know, you know, we're, we're, we're going to post your, your website, your, your dates and whatnot. But cool. take us back to the beginning. How did the Mighty York, how did you start? Well, so, so the very beginning, uh, I, was, I was in kindergarten. And, uh, well, so I was, uh, <laughs> I was born on, no, uh, yeah. when I, when I was in, when I was in kindergarten, um, I started playing violin and, uh, I did that for like five years just because it was like, I guess, uh, my parents were like, well, Hey, maybe violin. And I was like, cool. It gets me out of class for like a few, you know, 30 minutes, a couple times a week or whatever. And, uh, so I played violin till I was 10 and then I switched to guitar and uh, I took lessons for about four years and uh, and with this wonderful jazz guitar player uh, named Eve Woodard and uh, who we're still friends. And I actually still take lessons from her uh, on occasion. I was actually studying with her right up until uh, the, you know, the pandemic. And, and then we sort of had to stop doing lessons because I was we couldn't be in close proximity and I didn't have any money to pay her. So anyway, uh, but, you know, I, I got into blues music. Um, when I was probably about 12, I'd say. And, um, you know, just, I, I started playing, I, I played in a couple bands in high school. And, and, uh, when I got out of high school, I, I started sort of, uh, bumming around the, the music community here in town and, and made some friends and started playing professionally. And, and, uh, and the rest, as they say, is, uh, you know, just what's happening now. Yeah. What, uh, bl- what blues artists were you listening to when you were 12 that, really made you think, man, I want to do that. So I was like at that, when I was 12, right. So I've been playing guitar a couple of years and I was really into like, uh, you know, Pearl jam and uh, Nirvana had just come out. And I was like really into those guys, like faith, no more Metallica, mm-hmm. um, Hendrix, of course. And, uh, and I was watching this like morning, Saturday morning, like kids show or something. And they had BB King on there. And, and he played and he, he played, you know, he's got his guitar and he's talking about blues and, you know, introducing blues to a young, you know, a young audience. And so he, he plays sort of his classic uh, deal, which is like, you know, he plays this cool uh, line. And then he's like, you know, nobody loves me, but my mother and she might be jiving too. And then, you know, and he plays some more. And I was just like, I was, I, I was just like floored. I was speechless. I was like that, that's, that's what I want to do. That's what, those are the sounds, you know? And, uh, cool. And that's really sort of what got me hooked, you know? Nice. <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. It, it was fun, man. It's, 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 it was a, it was, it was a very like sort of a, uh, it was a special moment. And what's interesting too, is the first, so I had a Strat, Stratocat, which I still have my first electric guitar. And, and, uh, when I saw BB King, I, I became, uh, sort of obsessed with, with his guitar, Lucille. And, uh, they had one at the guitar store, drum, keyboard, and guitars, uh, where I used to take lessons when I was a little kid. And, uh, they had an Epiphone, the, the Epiphone Sheraton two, which was sort of like, you know, uh, the Lucille style, uh, Gibson three thirty five body shape. And, uh, but I, I'd never heard of Epiphone and I called it epiphany for like months, maybe a year. <laughs> And it was, and it was, it was funny because like that was at the watching BB King. I did, I had this epiphany and then I, I called the guitar, like the epiphany for, I didn't know what that meant. I just I thought that's what it was, you know, and I didn't know what it meant or anything. 
makes sense. Wacky stuff. <laughs> wow. Right. And, and so, are you from Houston? Is this born your- and raised. Whoa. Yeah. H-Town, baby. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So we've known, we've known you for, we've known, God, I've, 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 Heard your name in in so many different. We were talking about Rock and Robin with uh, with Luba last week, uh, Luba Dvorak. If you have not seen that, go watch that Slappercast, the one right before this one. Dude, but, uh, I we loved were, it. That was a great one, man. Oh, cool. Uh, man, By the way, such a such a such a great personality and such a great artist like yourself. And but we heard your name way way back in Rock and Robin when when I first came to town. You know, you're name was thrown around as a good, you know, I was like, well, I'm not going to check this guy out. I don't like the sound of it. Sounds like he knows what he's talking about and he's good. And I'm, yeah, I don't need to be, I don't, I don't need to be, <laughs> I don't need to be rubbing, you know, rubbing elbows with that. But uh, no, in, in all seriousness, you know, the, your, your, your reputation in, in Houston is, is just top throw. You know, of course, and when we saw you, the first time I remember seeing you was at uh, a place in the village, which is uh, uh, long gone, thankfully. But called Brian O'Neill's. Yes, and I yes, remember. The, yeah. Oh my God. I, and uh, I just remember just being absolutely floored at um, Eric. This was before your time, right? You, you weren't in uh, uh, Brian O'Neill's, but not okay. So this place, y- you have to understand. Uh, and I don't know a bar that we could compare it to, uh, but it was frat boy slash poser slash. I mean, everything that you don't want in a live music venue is what they had. But I went in and I watched you play and I watched you fucking just own that crowd. I mean, just take them to school. And and, and again, remember, this is this is when people were playing Pearl Jam and everybody wanted to hear the shit that was on the radio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, that, that stuff. And you were in there doing your thing and I was just fucking floored that you could have their attention, you know, in, in a bar like this. So, Eric, I'm telling you that because whatever bar that we've played, I'll, I'll give you a really good, uh, I, of course I can't mention the name, but uh, a place that we played up North that we did a whole show, just dogging the, 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 the place is just shithole, absolute fucking poser, <laughs> poser. But it was, it was comparable to that. Chad, would uh, you agree? Yonkers you're talking about? No, 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 fucking North of Houston. North. Oh, that. Okay. Not that yeah, far North. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Anyway, it, it, it's, trust me, c- complete poser. But you were just doing your thing and had everybody's – yeah, Eric knows it. Everybody in that place was just was watching the bar like or watching the stage go – and, of course, and I say stage, it's a fucking bar napkin with a fucking toothpick Dude, rail. That was, that was one of the weirdest things about that was how, you know, a, a lot of these – you know, the setup was like there was sort of this elevated platform – that that like in in the in sort of the middle of the room as i recall mm-hmm. and it was just like the strangest place to like have live music you know i don't know it was it was a weird deal i was really grateful for those gigs though in the in in the early days when i started my own band i was just like thank god a gig you know yeah <laughs> i don't have to live in the car <laughs> the weirdest thing about brian o'neill's was that 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 thing that was in the middle of the room right in front of yeah. the stage you know, it's where some people bizarre. have this really narrow area that in front of you, the stand, and, and they're always getting in the way of the servers, you know? <laughs> so this, they actually, Brown and Eos 
taped down this this alleyway that the you're not supposed to stand in. Remember that? Yeah. So so so, so they put a, they, they put road markers on the floor mm-hmm. in duct tape every time that a band would play, and you're supposed to look down at your feet and say, "Oh, hey, we're in the wrong." What the fuck are you talking about? It, it was the goofiest thing. Step yeah. back behind well, the line. Yes. Yeah. 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 You didn't know that. We go. That's the only line I know, Mister Falcon. Mm-hmm. But um, we we uh, would. The, so what Chad's talking about is they had this big and it looked like an oak um, bookshelf, like a, a floor to ceiling bookshelf, because there yeah. was a little there was a little display case on one side, and there's absolutely no reason whatsoever. Now I knew the the the, the manager, the manager that, that they had originally hired. Uh, had called me and said, hey, we're opening up a bar. Come down and check it out. It was in the village. I said, yes, I will. So we go down there. So as you walk in the front door, the stage was going to be to your left, and it was going to be a real stage with sound. So by the time that they actually go to, to, to and we've seen this a thousand times, by the time they open the doors, it turns into this little bar napkin area about that big with, you know, and they go, hey, band sets up here. Don't be too loud but rock the house and bring a crowd and be, you know, say, what the, you know, everything that could you, you could possibly design poorly is what is, is what they did. So yeah. anyway, sorry, way, way too much time spent on that, but it just, again, another tip of the hat to bands like yourself that ha- that go into these situations, these shit situations and actually turn them around and are, are able to make something of it. And it was because of bands like you that, other bands were able to that they were able to keep having live music, you know, because you know if these guys can do it, anybody can do it. So and it really it it made everybody do their homework. Anyway, I digress. What is what, what's on the table for you now? What's on the what's on the, yeah? What you got coming up? New record? Yes, new record. Um, we did a we partnered with the Edgewater Music Group to uh, do a crowdfunding deal. And uh, we were able to raise enough money to make a new record. So hopefully coming up in the next uh, two or three months, we're going to be able to get in there and start tracking a new record, man. But it's awesome. Uh, it's very it's very exciting. You know, yeah. Mark Riddell it, gave us a heads up about that a couple weeks ago when he was here. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And and that, you know, it's like I'm really excited because like Mark's, you know, Mark's playing bass. And we've actually done a little bit of co-writing uh, for this one, which I haven't I haven't done too oh, much wow. co-writing in many years. So that's exciting. And it's interesting too, because this material is, is a little bit uh, different than, you know, sort of what I've done previously uh, in that it is, it leans more toward the, uh, I don't know how quite to describe it, but it's a little bit less sort of bluesy and a little bit more Americana-y, but with, you know, with some kick, uh, you know, there's still like slide guitar, but there's like also banjos and maybe there's like going to be a little bit of, you know, steel guitar and, and uh, in different different kind of styles of, of songs, and uh, so I'm, I'm pretty excited about. It. I think it's I think it's I feel like it's going to be a special album, you know. Sounds I will exciting. say that I, I've never heard I've never heard you do anything half ass. Everything has been foot to the floor. I'm, I'm serious, top drawer, whole ass just- every time, both <laughs> cheeks, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of that, speaking of speaking of whole ass, when I saw you the last time that we played on the same bill, uh, you and Eric C. Hughes and Nick Gaitan, uh, man, I left there fucking. I, I was upset. I was upset. I was kind of pissed off. You guys oh, sounded no. like you. You guys sounded like you played together every fucking day. I'm going. I'm, that's it. 
That's not fucking Dude, fair. I want to I want to tell you about that gig, okay? Because I was so stressed, right? So we get there, and and so the, thankfully, uh, you know, Eric was able to to play with us because because I had uh, Nick Gaetan who was filling in on bass that day, and then usually the the uh, the regular drummer that that uh, I play with, Chris Ardoin, was he got he was sick, man. He he like had a gig at six a.m. that morning, played that gig could like barely move and he was like he he texts he calls me he's like hey man what time's loading this afternoon and i was like dude you all right and he's like i uh, i was like don't do it you know and uh so i was so just grateful brother eric thank you man for stepping in and saving the day um but i got there and i'm hearing y'all play and i'm just like i felt the same way i was just like shit man like i've never played with eric before i haven't played with nick in probably two years like, oh my God, this is like, this is really, I was super stressed because I was just like, what are we going to play? We've never, you know, the three of us have never played together in that format. Oh my God. And then dude, it like, it was, I was, I was so thrilled. Uh, and especially following you guys, y'all are like the, one of the tightest, like baddest, most energizing, exciting <laughs> bands to see. And so I'm just like, ah, oh, crap. You know, uh, okay, man, that was and, so uh, cool. Though. Dude, it ended up being awesome. It was like so much fun, and we just we just played, and like it was it was a total blast. So, it just to me, it was, it was like a super like a spontaneous Houston supergroup being formed. You know, when, yeah. when you walked up with Nick, I was like, I already knew Eric was playing with. I was like, what? <laughs> it makes me think of when was it John Lennon and Keith Richards on bass, and was it Alan White on drums? Went and played in Toronto. Oh no, that was with Klaus Foreman. I'm trying to. Oh yeah, Eric Clapton was on guitar. Ew, guy. The fuck that guy. But anyway, yeah. Cut, cut, marker. <laughs> fuck. The story has no merit, Chad. <laughs> God damn it, Eric. Not you, Eric. They are there, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot about that. Anyway, so uh, Eric, t- t- tell me about like, uh, t- tell us about that show from your perspective. So Eric just finishes a fucking blistering set with us, and then. You got to turn around, and then you got to you and Nick Gaetan and the Mighty Orc. It was fun. Wow! Just simmer down, simmer down. No, it the best cool. part about it was I, I played with Nick a bunch in, in, in the past, and 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 I I've only seen because of you know of schedules and whatnot, only seen Orc a couple times, and 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 it was just like for a second I was a little bit nervous, and then Orc just turned around and was like, "Okay, so we're gonna play this song. It's gonna go like this." Uh, it's a key of E, and I'm going to do this thing, and you all just come in when you come in. And every song was like that. And 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 the way that we, at least I knew that the Mighty Orc was a little bit stressed out that day. We had a nice little exchange on the texting about, and he's like, he's like, I have a probable situation today. And I was like, is it probable or is it a situation? And he's like, <laughs> it's a situation. I go, what do you got? What do you need? And so I actually kind of you know, listened to a couple of his you know, records just to kind of get a vibe. And, and he was great. He would just turn around and say, okay, it goes like this, or this is the thing, or just watch me. And, and you know, when you played as many shows as me and Nick have, it's, you just watch and listen and your ears get, you know, your ears get really, really big and you react to what's going on around you. And the nice thing about, um, you know, that stuff is that it just kind of, once, it, once the groove is established, you just kind of ride that until it's time for the next song. Yeah. A lot of fun. It, it was, it, and, and, and sonically it was so, and I, and, and again, I, I had to bail early 
on that show only because I'm 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 enthralled. I'm just I'm so into this set, and I'm just what I just want to watch. But people want to come over and go, "Hey, do you know that?" You know, and they got these fucking these these eureka moments to them that wouldn't even register on an ant's fucking life. You know, or or the 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 the, the, the lifetime the lifespan of a gnat. It wouldn't fucking register on there. But they want to tell you about it, and I'm watching this. This thing unfold in front of me. This fucking and 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 orc. You, I'm, again, I'm not saying because you're here. I would say it behind your back. It, the, the, I mean, it's just everything. Everything is different. Uh, everything is new and exciting, and everything is you know. And so, how do you how, how 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 do you write? And how do you two questions? A, how do you write? And B, how do you stop from writing the same fucking shit over and over again? Because all your stuff is so. It's worlds apart and it's beautiful. Thanks, man. Well, so like as far as writing goes, I, I you know, I that's a really good question. I I like to write like so. I feel like I sort of write the best if doing one of two things. Like either a, I'm I'm just telling a story, right? So I get like so, like as far as lyrics go, as far as like like the music goes um, a lot of times I'll just be messing around and, you know, and it's like you sort of have certain ideas musically, like, you know, sort of certain chords will work well together or maybe you, you are experimenting with whatever, you know, just sort of different uh, song structure ideas. Um, And a lot of times I try to, you know, if I find a song that I really like, I'll try to write sort of a song similar to that, you know, musically, uh, and, and explore the, you know, explore what's going on in that tune and try to find out what I like about it. And then maybe like, uh, you know, apply it to, um, you know, uh, uh, try to write, you know, just try to write something similar. And then you know, lyrically, I always feel like I, I sort of, I, I do better work when I'm trying, when I'm writing about something like rather than trying to talk about, you know, sort of personal things, it's like, just describe like what's happening, describe what's happening, you know? Um, and, and so, so for like a lot of the songs on, uh, that are going to be on the new album, I actually wrote them, uh, at least a couple of them, uh, as it was like an assignment, basically like this, I wrote them for, for a podcast about, uh, people, uh, uh, so it, the podcast was called legends of the old West. And I wrote a couple of these songs with lyrics specifically about people or events, you know, like one was about Jesse James. One was about, um, uh, the 1930s bank robber, pretty boy Floyd. And so, and then I had like a deadline. And so I was like, okay, well I have to like submit these songs by like, you know, next Wednesday or whatever. So I have like, I've got gigs till, you know, through Sunday. So I have like two days to write and record these songs. And, uh, and so like, I, I feel like that's really for me, like a, having a deadline and, and like a direction sort of is a really interesting way to do it and really works for me. And then the, the idea was that it was supposed to be sort of old West ish or, you know, country ish. So I'm like, well, I've got a banjo, you know, and I've got some slide guitar and some steel guitar. And, uh, so then, you know, it's, it's much more about sort of the craft or crafting something, uh, rather than sort of sitting, you know, and waiting for this artistic inspiration mm-hmm. to, you know, 
blossom in you from the universe. You know, it's like you kind of got you kind of got to meet that yeah. halfway, you know. Um, yeah. And then so that's like with, you know, normal songs with like words and, and you know, uh, stuff like that. And then I also I really feel like my strongest writing, though, is with instrumental music. And uh, so I just sort of do that. That's much more of a, uh, you know, it's a sit down and work on it approach but there is a lot more um just sort of stopping and listening you know and and then sort of approaching it from from that standpoint so it's sort of a you know and then it's you know as far as making things not sound the same and there's definitely a conscious effort involved in like okay well this did this here and this did you know and this song does the same thing like we want to stay away from stay away from that you know but just basically trying to uh, you know, and, I, and then I gather a lot of inspiration from other, you know, other songwriters and other artists and stuff too. So, yeah, the deadline thing makes so much sense when you think about it, because all of the stuff that we grew up listening to that's changed the world, all that shit was written under deadline for the most part, unless it was like a debut album with that's, you know, collected, but it's, you know, yeah, everybody in the sixties, they were, they were on really tight schedules. Like, got to get this stuff out. Got to write some songs. Come on, go, 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 we've go. Got, we've got to write these songs like in the next two days, and then we're going to go record them on the third day. Mm -hmm. And then yeah, that's yeah. our album for this first half of the year. Right. <laughs> so there's no time to, to obsess over lyrics and, you know, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you something. Mission accomplished. I mean, as far as, as far as running the gamut with your, with your, with your sound, because you don't, you don't, you don't do the same thing over and over again. Your shows are always top notch. You're, Thanks. you're, you know, you're, 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 you're singing. Mark Riddell as well agreed, uh, uh, your singing is just—it's just—it's—it's it's, it's damn near breathtaking. You know, you're oh. yeah, just like that. <laughs> and uh, what's the album cover of the next album? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gross. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> but it, it really is. So let me ask you this: so what we do, what we do here every week is we uh, we kill a song, we take a song oh. from. Uh, and and it can't be one of ours because because uh, because we we know how you are. no um, we take a song and we just we erase it from history and it's got to be done and we're gonna ask you we're gonna put you on the spot right now the mighty York this day what song dies what song do you absolutely loathe that must never be heard again <laughs> okay so so I have I have two one of them is highly controversial good um, so I don't know I mean I don't know it's like it's like, man, we might, we might not recover. <laughs> Let's hear it, man. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if I should say it because I have another one that is safe and absolutely needs to never be heard again. Uh, okay, good. I want to vote. Can I do? Can I do two? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, I'll do, I'll the do, I'll do You can do what the fuck you want. <laughs> So I'll, I'll do the safe one first, okay? Uh, okay? And I can't think of the title of the song. Uh, uh, maybe it's it's is it called "Rockstar" by Smash Mouth? Oh yeah, have we killed that one? Have we killed that one? We've talked about it. Have you yes. Eric, that one? Yeah, we were talking about it after a college station gig. I think. Yes. Sorry. Go ahead, Eric. I mean, Eric, you have the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's oh. that's that would be my that would be my safe one. Should I do the? Should I? Should I do the hot take? Hold on! Hold on! Hold on! Yes. 
Sweet Home Alabama. That's fine. That's fine. How is that controversial? <laughs> That's, I don't know, man. Like, I know some people are like, you know, Skinnered maniacs, but it's just like, dude, I'm done, man. I'm done. I'm done. Like, dude, when Kid Rock does it, it's like, oh. you're, it should be just taken away. You know, it's like, we, oh. we're done here. Oh, you it's, just, it's, I mean, for him to- you started off with the most beautiful thing I've ever heard, killing Sweet Home Alabama, and then you said Kid Rock, and now my fucking... Didn't he like sample that in one of his songs? Yeah, yeah, and he mixed it with Warren Zevon, which was even even a more horrible thing to do to, to Warren. Yeah, there's a dude. He mixed in Werewolves of London in there too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a monster! I know. Oh, Kid Rock. That, that's a high crime. Name. Yeah. That's a oh. fucking the Geneva Convention. I mean, that that's a fucking. Oh my god, that's a. Oh. That is, that's a crime against humanity. That yes, is, it I'm is. Not, I, yes, that's I'm, a war crime. Yeah. I'm, I'm genuinely upset about that. Yeah, that was fucking torture. Yeah, great, great pick. Great pick. Great picks. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, magnificent. Oh, I, and again, God. we expect nothing less. We go to the fucking mountaintop. When you go to, when you go, you know, when you go to the mighty York, you go to the mighty mountaintop. That's what you're fucking doing. Now you know, kids. All right, Eric C. Hughes, what you got? Uh, only because I've actually heard this song both versions of it more than I, I needed to in the last week or so. And it's not going to be as, as controversial as, as, as the mighty orcs, but I will make it controversial because that's what I like to do. So called wild night by um, Van Morrison and uh, John Cougar melancholy uh, covered it. And, uh, and uh, I've heard it way too much and it's just so fucking boring. And, um, we have this uh, playlist that kind of runs to random. It's a randomizer, but it also picks stuff that you that played before. For whatever reason, this goddamn Alexa bitch keeps playing a lot of Van Morrison, and I can't, I can't deal with it. I can't, I can't deal with it. The only Van Morrison song I like is the live version of Caravan that he performed with the band on Thanksgiving night, November 1976, on the Last Waltz. That is a piece of art. Everything else he does, I'm just I can't I can I can leave it I can leave it I get it. So there's only one album of his that I I've heard in it in a lot, which is the one that has Domino on it. it was one of his really early records? Yeah, and that album's pretty freaking good. There, I, there's some good shit in there. You can it's, have it. Take it. I'll give you mine. I don't have one, but if I did, you could have it. But that live that live caravan is great because he's so fucking out of his mind. And the way he carries himself on stage, you want to just Google Caravan with the band. Go watch it right now. Mm-hmm. Laugh your ass off. And the band, the band fucking kills it. So anyway, Wild Night by uh, John Cougar Melancholy or Van Morrison. Goodbye. Goodbye. John Cooped Up Smell of Damp. Yes. Love it. Chad, Richard Smalley, what you got? What you killing? Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. Oh, Nice. Nice. I, I don't know what the hell they were thinking when they recorded that one. I got, I got to think at least a couple of them were like, they were oh, thinking, man, we had a bank what, what do I do? Why are we doing this to ourselves? Yeah. 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 I think I know that Michael Stipe, whom I love, I love all those guys. Michael Stipe is a huge fan of like old bubblegum, like 60s bubblegum pop. That was one of his favorite stuff. So that's what they were trying to do with that song. And I get it, but no. <laughs> who's, the gal, who's the gal that sang with him on that song? Uh, I forget, from B-52s. I forget her name. 
That's, that's the that's the best she ever she's ever looked is in that video. After yeah. that, <laughs> that's um, gaming. But you can watch the video without the volume on, so you just watch her bop around. She's really cute. But yeah, and I would say too, I'm not necessarily officially killing this one, but from the same album, losing my religion. Uh, for a while there, that was just as overplayed as as Hotel California. It was getting what? way out of control. What's stopping you from killing it? Well, I guess I just did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Mighty Orc is here. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. We have permission. Look at that. And I say this. I'm trying to continue Absolutely. this tradition of actually going after songs of bands I actually like. You know, because they're they are not uh, fully innocent. Everybody's had transgressions. So. Well, um, <laughs> Well, I have to admit, I, I I changed my I changed my my killing uh, direction uh, thanks to that last comment. When I heard B fifty twos, I immediately go to Love Shack. I gotta kill that fucking song because that's oh, what I hear and that's yeah, what I fucking hate. That. And I hear it so many times. Then I hear so many bands play and then weddings and stuff. So I was actually I'm I'm wiping away the what I was gonna kill today that for another time. But today, thanks to y'all, that's just gonna be the that's fucking. I, I, I hate it. I, and I hate I, I have to say, too, I've hated everything I've heard by B-52s. Everything. So that song, thank you for thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> so, the thing about that song is is the snare pop right before they go back into the last the last interminable chorus that just keeps going. But that snare drum sounds so fucking good. It's like, bah! love, Shaq. Oh, my God. It's just, just, just play that. Just give me that snare drum sound over and over and over again. Love Shaq, honey. <laughs> so the mightiest of all orcs. Uh, today is Tuesday, and uh, 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 yes. So with today being Tuesday, we are going to um, we're going to where can we find you coming up past today, past Tuesday? Where can we find you playing? So let's see. I will be so uh, uh, two days from uh, today. Uh, I will be Thursday night. I'll be playing. Uh, we have a, a residency gig at the Big Easy here in Houston. And uh, so mm-hmm. we're there uh, starting around 930. And it's a lot of fun. It's We call it Tequila Thursday. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's uh, this coming Thursday. And then Friday, um, I'm uh, playing with uh, Chris Ardoin and I are playing uh, with our good friend Nick Diaz of the group Buenos Diaz. Uh, in Austin at a place called Central Machine Works um, at about eight o'clock, and then Saturday. This is and this is this is some fun uh, Mighty Orc trivia, perhaps uh, for the five or ten people that that may remember this. Um, but so so Saturday, we're playing in High Texas at a place called the High Cider Company, and uh, we have. My dear uh, friend, who was the OG bass player in the band like 15 years ago, uh, Jessica Will playing bass with us. So that's really exciting. She's been in Austin now oh, cool. for probably, uh, you know, I, I guess about 15, uh, 17 years now. Um, cool. And uh, so she's playing bass with us at the High Cider Company, High Cider Company in High Texas, which is just about an hour uh, like northwest of Austin. And uh, then mm-hmm. Sunday, I'll be back in town doing a little solo show at uh, McElroy's for a crawfish boil. So, oh, nice. Yeah. So that'll be fun. I love crawfish. Nice. I love that, man. So, so that's, that's, that's what we got going on this week. Are, are, are you still doing the live stream? Is that a, is that a regular? Yes. So, so I do. It's, 
I'm trying to do like twice a month. Uh, so like I did one last week. Uh, so I do it, you know, maybe every couple weeks. Sometimes I get lazy and maybe only do one a month. But like, so I did one last Wednesday. I'll probably do one, not tomorrow, but the following week uh, on the whatever day that is. The tw- 23rd, 24th, 26th, 27th, I think, um, of April. Anyway, um, but, you know, so so it's kind of like that. It's sort of, it's it's like, how lazy do I feel today? You know, do I really want to set everything up or do I not, you know, but I try to do a couple yeah. times a month now because I was doing every week there uh, during lockdown because it was my only right. gig. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. 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 It, so. it, 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 get, it gets scary. I, you know, not to, I don't even want to fucking talk about that time ever again. Um, because so many, so many terrible things have, have still not even, they haven't shown themselves yet. We're still, yeah. We're still hearing and feeling the effects of this shit. I want to ask you one more question because I, I like I said, I just I, I know that you're you're uh, easily one of the busiest people around. We're so thrilled that you came on here. Uh, you know, just d- dying to have you on here, and thank you for coming. But I want to ask you another question. Give me one of your songs. Give me give me a song written by the Mighty York that you would l- want to hear somebody else cover. That I mean, and anywhere, a- anywhere in any time, who would you want to hear? cover one of your songs and on what song man okay so ah gosh golly moses yeah kids get your uh, pen and paper out because you're probably going to need it yeah <laughs> let's see so there's man there's a couple tunes that i can think of and they're a little bit different but they're also there's similarities there they're both they're both dobro songs but that i play with the band so they're like it's dobro but it's like rock you know um Hmm. 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 I would say maybe. So I wrote this song many years ago uh, called "Sweet in Between," which is still on the set list. Mm-hmm. Um. And who would be who would be a cool artist to cover that? Uh. Man, you know. I'm trying to think. Cause golly, like, you know, there's, there's so many, I got a bunch of songs that are sort of different genres, you know, funky, rock and roll, bluesy, uh, Sweet in Between, covered by, <laughs> I've got one, who would do it, who would do a good job, yeah. who would do the Eric. right job, you know, yes. these are, yeah, I type, I type in a suggestion on the screen, uh, oh, oh, yes, yeah. oh, not that, <laughs> I have a much better suggestion. You know, uh, yeah, you know, well, you know, it's, okay, so so uh yeah, Eric, I mean, you know, maybe uh you know, I could I could see Kid Rock doing it actually. Uh Ow! as a terrible rap rock song. You know, the only pro- the only thing that would be good about that is that man, I would make a ton of money. Uh I was going to say maybe like uh maybe Gary Clark Jr. like he would slay mm-hmm. that tune. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know the, the, the royalty check from, from kid rock cover, it would be, you know, yeah, but, but, but then you have to also remember part of your soul gets fucking killed too. So here's a better one. Here's a better one. Tom Jones. Come on. I'm saying this. I know the song, dude, he would kill it. He would fucking kill it. So sweet in between. 
How yeah. did? Oh my God, Chad, that you're brilliant. Yeah, yes, Tom Jones, sweet in between. Tom Jones, final answer. There you go. Oh my God, wow. it's got to happen. We got so we got to get him on the horn. <laughs> All right, you know that's Eric? that's uh, yeah. that's my partner's uh, other boyfriend uh, is Tom Jones. Oh, she, she loves she loves him very much. I probably shouldn't be divulging this uh, in public, but uh, or no, she doesn't care. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> She's a huge Tom, so she's going to see this and just be like, "Yes, how do we get a hold of Tom Jones?" Oh yeah, I, I think it's totally totally made him. for him, man. Yeah, All right. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get him on the phone. Hey, at Tom, yeah, <laughs> I got it. I'll just leave, leave it with me. That's that's great. That's wait, wait that hold on, really, really. Call here. Wait, hold on. Hello, hello, Mister Mister Jones. You do well. That's fantastic. I, I've got to let you go. I'm right in the middle of something, but uh, I'll call you back. <laughs> Yeah, tell that motherfucker we're busy. We're yeah. I was I was trying to be polite, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you don't need to be. You don't need to be. If he knew who you were. Anyway. So, yeah, I'm going to put some links in the description for the show and I'm going to make sure people have a have a beeline to to Sweden in between so they can see oh, what cool. we're talking about. But yeah. Man, what what was the latest album that you put out? So the, the last one I did, and I just did it digitally. I didn't actually do any hard copies uh, because of uh, expense mostly, um, was uh, this solo live album called Solo with the Bugle Boy uh, that I recorded in February of, of uh, 19. And uh, is at uh, this lovely uh, listening room in LaGrange uh, called the Bugle Boy. And it was actually pretty funny. So, you know, I'm sure you guys and, and most people who are, are you know, mu- musicians or music fans understand the concept of a listening room where it is this very, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's holy ground, right? You, you know, it's very quiet and all attention mm-hmm. is focused on what is happening on stage. You know, the artist, the songs, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's very quiet, very sort of reverent, right? And uh, the Bugle Boy is very much like that, you know? Um, and so it was, it's the only show that I've ever played there and I wanted to really make it special. And so I was like, well, man, I can record a live record there. And so we got the live record, you know, so we're going to do that. And then we were like, well, never played there. Maybe we could like bust some people in to the oh, show cool. from Houston that wanted to go see and do like, you know, make it sort of a fun event where, you know, you hop on the bus, uh, and, they take you to the show and then you hop back on the bus and they bring you back home. Right. And so we did that and, and we ended up selling out the show, which was awesome. And so I'm trying to, you know, uh, I got a, a sponsorship from uh, uh, Eureka Heights brewery very generously. And they provided uh, some beers on the bus for folks. And then of course people brought their own uh, juice as well. And so dude, by the time the bus arrived, you know, maybe 30 minutes before showtime, dude, everybody on that bus is tanked and rowdy as hell. <laughs> like, so the folks at the, at the Bugle Boy were like, now they understand this is a listening room and like, you know, it's not like a rowdy bar. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, these are, these are adults. Like these are, these are, you know, every person on there, like I knew personally, there was maybe, you know, uh, 40 or 50 folks on the bus. And, and I was like, dude, I know every one of these people personally, like they have, all been to a listening room, you know, it's Mucky Duck, Anderson Fair, you know, wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, they know, they know the deal. It's not going to be, you know, everything's, 
this is it's going to be totally fine, you know. And then they everybody stumbles off the bus. It's almost like they're falling off the bus, you know. And it was it was an absolute riot, a, a controlled riot, but it was it was rowdy over there, and uh, it was absolutely hilarious. So all that to say that uh, that was the last album that I released digitally called Solo at the Bugle Boy, uh, wow. available on uh, Spotify and all other, you know. Uh, oh man, I gotta, I gotta go listen to that. Consumption today. platforms. That is brilliant. <laughs> Recorded by my dear friend Andrew Cortes, who is absolutely wonderful and and, uh, released on his label called Yop Records. Cool, fantastic, yeah, yeah. We'll put put a link to that too. Now, just like kind of so, hey, we're here, (laughs) we. I'm like, oh boy, that's wonderful. (laughs) That's wonderful. Good idea. That's pretty cute. So yeah, and and, uh, no footage of that night, no video footage. Just a, a little bit. Um, actually, so uh, let's see. On my uh, when I do like uh, videos and stuff for YouTube, I'll use part of the where I'm walking on stage at that show uh, as the intro. But uh, yeah. that's about the only footage. There's like a little bit, um, but we didn't. Yeah, we didn't do like an extensive sort of uh, video shoot of that show because there was. Yeah. There was already kind of a ton of yeah. stuff going on, and you know, yeah, we got we 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 got to put a link to that in there just so people can you know maybe just go look and then get a taste and then go get the record or go get the record and then get it. So whichever way it is, but yeah, chaps, gentlemen, guys, amigos, muchachos, compadres, this is wonderful. Orc, we are so thrilled to have you. You are not only a gentleman, you're a god among gentlemen, but you're also you're such a you're such a you're such a big name in in the in 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 our in in the whole music scene. Never mind just Houston, but we're 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 thrilled to have you. And you know, please please come back. Let's do it again. I would love to, man. Thank you all so much for having me. It's it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. All ours, all ours, brother. Indeed. Where are we? We are south of we're, south we're, we're the pretty side of Dallas. <laughs> south side. What a weekend. What a what a strong, fun weekend. Abandons on Friday night. Packed. Packed to the gills. Parents night it was. Yeah. And the parents didn't care for us, but the kids liked us. <laughs> parents didn't care. No, the parents loved us. We love parents. Mothers. Mothers. Yeah. Of invention. Fun, fun. Uh, yeah, busy, busy, busy night at the uh, O'Bannon's Tap House in Northgate in sunny old College Station, Texas. Yep. Um, and then uh, we drove to a little place called Course Arcana. It's just outside of Dallas, right after the show. So we arrived there, what, 4.45? Yeah, I think so. Got into bed for a minute. Got right back out of bed. Had to be at Grapevine, Lake Grapevine, at 10 a.m., 10.30 so we didn't sleep. None of us have any, had any sleep, but our jokes are fucking hilarious. They are hilarious. <laughs> At least to ourselves. Yeah, we're making a lot of sense right now. Yeah, fun, fun day. So it was the Highland Games, second annual um, Highland Games. And uh, um, Grapevine. Grapevine. What, Metamere Park? Metamere Park. Metamere Park. And a uh, gorgeous day. As you can probably tell, maybe, maybe we look funny, but we have, uh, we've been in the sun all day. Kind of fried. But a um, lot, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, yes, at least it wasn't Windburn. <laughs> Windburn Street. Parker. I know somebody lives on Windburn Street. Yeah. And, and Lori came up. Lori came up to sell. Yep. yep. She did a wonderful job, as always. Yep. We had a bunch of uh, bunch of coffee sold today. Thank you, Lori. 
Cory Valdez. And uh, yeah, it was man, what a what a gorgeous day. Uh, great sound. And uh, man, I thought, and we had Chris Buckley with us the whole weekend, and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, we we, we yeah. Well, hopefully we'll be able to announce three hours of sleep. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to announce to announce some more Buckley dates soon. We were just chatting with him before we left about where we could squeeze him in again. You know what I'm saying? He's so squeezable. Yeah. And we've had people request before, and we've been meaning to do it. So look for a, an episode with Young Baby Bucks. We have so many stories with him. So just to, to, go, to, to go back to the beginning of the weekend, excuse me, the um, College Station show was a little bit nerve-wracking, very, very crowded, everything ready to go on time. And right as we hit the stage, what happens? The iPad freezes we can't get into oh, yeah. it so we can't play we're sitting there ready to go and we can't get the sound on because the, the yeah. iPad that commands the, the Wi-Fi yeah. just froze just, just, just to clarify people who don't know what the fuck we're talking about our new board has no interface we can plug cables into it but there's no there's ain't a, got no knobs there's kids a, there's a switch that turns it off and on there's a plug there's you know inputs for this for the sound and Wi-Fi and all that stuff but that's it. So if, if you can't get the uh, can't get connected to it with an iPad or, or a phone or whatever, you yeah. can do nothing. You with are screwed. It. You are screwed. And it's really it, it, it's for for an old for an old sound person. It's very frustrating because everything's ready. We were sound checked. We knew that it sounded good. Yeah. We knew that the room sounded good. But and then to, to just to to give us some kind of pat on the back, our the sound guy that was running sound today in Grapevine had the same issue. Long story short, we, we got rolling. It was a little bit later than, than we wanted to, but we had, we had a great night on Friday night. But in talking with Chris, we realized how many stories, how many incidences we've had with this oh, guy yeah. that just go back and he's telling us these stories. I'm going, fuck, we need to, we yeah. need to, we need to put this shit on, on, on tape. Yeah. It's, it's quite, it's quite revealing. So, Eric and, uh, Chris get along famously. We had a nice ride up last night or this morning or whatever. Yeah, we were talking about all kinds of crazy crap. And I can't remember why we were talking about Tito. Oh, he uh, apparently uh, his son, his oldest son, um, mentioned casually, casually mentioned to his mother in law, not his son's mother in law, but to Chris's mother in law, that he likes the sound of bagpipes. So, what did the mother in law do? She bought him. Like four albums of bagpipe music, oh my and not God. not the good stuff. If there is such a thing, just some like random, rando bagpipe record. Like, oh, and I said, well, you know what? Since he's a drummer, and he was playing like percussion in the school of rock before he left, I go, I want to check out Top Percussion by Tito Puente. It's just a it's a, it's a record of all just like the percussion section of a Latin band playing, and it's fucking brilliant. And so we talked about that. And he's like, "How do I know that name?" So then I had to get the history of Tito Puente, and he wrote Tito Royo Como Va and Santana covered it, blah 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 blah. So anyway, who did the? Uh, this made me think of that when you were talking about the percussion albums, the, the Hawaii Five O soundtrack. Those were all the LA studio guys. Yeah, wasn't there? There was a famous drummer on that though, in particular. Was it Hal Blaine? That and they. It's legendary because, in part, because they took one section of it and used it. And CBS for the for their special presentation for that the, the, the spinning 
you know, especially oh, the that, that, that always used to happen before the Charlie Brown specials. Check Wow. And that's from from the Wi-Fi Mo soundtrack. Well, I don't know. I know probably Emil Richards probably played percussion on that stuff. He's one of the most famous LA percussion players that's played on soundtracks and yeah. he did the finger clicks on uh, Adam's Family and the bongos on uh, on uh, Mission Impossible, oh, okay. original Mission Impossible. So he was probably involved in that. Yeah, I'm not quite sure who the drummer was, so but a, I will do some research. It's and find a very it. percussion heavy soundtrack. I don't remember that. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was Hal Blaine. Yeah, but, uh, it could be. Yeah, totally could be wrong. Somebody else. Somebody yeah. had to play it. They didn't have drum machines back then. Anyway, we had a nice, nice visit, and he's a good, good roommate. And we, we didn't spoon as much as I wanted to, but it was they, late. They were tired. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. There's plenty Same. more time. Give yeah. me, give me, give me. It's really fun to reminisce that stuff, but it's also it's there, there's so much history that it's 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 kind of fun to to, to, to see right. see Eric's reaction to this stuff that we you, you got you guys put up with that shit you did you know it's so many it's just stories that were just flying and of course you know you have a little bit of whiskey and two cubes you know and you're gonna get all these stories and, and his memory is his memory is pretty fucking sharp mm-hmm. so it's yeah, very very cool College Station is such a tinderbox when you hit them right they go and that was a that was a Friday night that we haven't seen in a while. Very 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 enthusiastic young Aggies all wound up. Yeah. So what's your take on this uh, Highland Festival? What do you think? Year two. <laughs> I mean, after good talk. You said after <laughs> yeah after year one. You know, the first one was cold and windy and it didn't rain, but it was that was work. Uh, well, and also, too, I mean, think about where we were as a planet. Yeah. I mean, yes. we were just getting into, some of us were just getting into second um, shots for COVID uh, vaccination. So I know some people were still kind of, I think, a little bit wary about going out, even though it was outside. But I thought the crowd was bigger this year. It seemed like there was more, way more participants uh, oh, yeah. this year uh, in, in the athletic part of it. Uh, there's three bands, River Driver, Clayhorn, and, and, and Blackguards, and uh, great sound by Parker and, and the crew. And I like that stage location better too. I like it yeah. closer to the water and it seemed a little bit more flat, flatter there. And, and uh, I could do have the drum riser, but the stage was a nice, <laughs> a nice size for yeah. a four-piece band. It seems to be a bigger stage than last year. Yeah, or just felt like one anyway. The funny thing too is coming from Houston uh, when we on our way to Corsicana on that uh, Friday after the show at Pomanans we saw 38 degrees on the way up it was, oh yeah it was, it was cold it was chilly and uh, then when we arrived at 4.45 at the hotel and uh, I was looking at my watch and I was like well, what's the point you know so I just lay there and just just I didn't. I don't think I closed my eyes for a second and it was time to get up so I fuck it so uh, but yeah really really I, you know, I, I have a, I have a, as I said it today at the festival, I think that all the focus is on the, the Highland Games. I think if they put a little bit more focus on the music, I think it could be a, uh, I, I think it could be a very, very big event. 
Doug Berry and his wife Susan, they worked their ass off this year on it. Yeah. And I really think that there's going to be I think there I think there's a need for it. I think there's a there's a I mean you can tell by the amount of participants, people are into that stuff. People wanna they wanna participate, they wanna people they wanna throw rocks and trees around. Yeah. Yes. That, but, I mean, and, and it's, it's fun to watch. A lot of that stuff is, stuff is fun to watch. These, uh, we've seen the one. I don't want to mention any Houston Highland Games by name, Houston Highland Games. But uh, we went before that, and it was it, it was kind of like an old folks' home. It was, it, you know, it's just slow, and it was, kind of, you know, this one was a little bit peppy, and the the the, the, perform, the athletes were performers. Oh, yeah. I mean, people were they were putting on a show, which you want. Like if you're in a band, don't fucking stand there. Be, you know, make it look like you're having fun. If you know, if, if it's a good band. That one guy that walked by at the end with the cowboy hat and gave you the fist bump. Yeah, people were taking pictures with that guy. Like he's like, I think he's like Highland Games famous or something like that. Because <laughs> people were stopping him to shake his hand and take a picture with him. So he must be somebody. It's a whole other world that I have no clue yeah. what goes on. Yeah, like, yeah. He must have been like a star athlete of, of or something like that. Yeah, but they, I mean, they, they take it seriously. And, and my, the, the thing I was impressed with was they were all out there doing their thing. Not, you know, not, not their me, 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 me. They're out there to promote their sport. And I think that's why it's going to be a big deal. And I think yeah. that's, you know, but like I said, just uh, focus a little bit more on the music and, um, and they need a few more food trucks. And a few more vendors, I think, too. Yeah. Just like yeah. regular vendor stuff. Yes. Like, yeah. Like the one in Oklahoma, you know, there's like yeah. all kinds of crazy vendors over there. Yeah. So. But anyway, so I we just wanted to put a little book in uh, on this uh, on this pork week, and uh, yeah, just there it is. There slap, you have it. Slap cast in the van. Pork is the other white meat. Ooh. Title. Fucking racist. Yeah. Thank you. All right. All right. Shoot. Get excited.